What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Some quick updates before we get into it. Um, first, the fourth annual New England Am is coming up, and you're invited. We're going to do our ladies jam, 14 and under for the Groms, 15 and over for the Killers, and then we do our skate shop invite, which is about 20 skate shops coming together, bringing three riders each, and they jam format, battle it out until we have Top Shop. That's coming up November 4th and 5th at the Edge Indoor Skate Park in Taunton, Mass. Our judges are going to be Brandon Westgate, Donnie Barley, uh, I believe Nick Dompierre will be in the building. Should be pretty fucking heavy. Um, I'm really stoked. And here's some of the shops, my messy handwriting. But uh, the shops that are going to be coming. So there's a lot of epic ones. Uh, yeah, super hyped for that. It's going to be fun. we got a bunch of stuff coming in right now. A lot of products for giveaways. A lot of cool sponsors, ProTech, Thunder. Um, I could go through the list. Let me pull it up real quick so you guys can see. This weekend's busy. I got to go. Um, today I got to run to Rad Skate Park because my homie's from New England Female Skaters. They're throwing like a Halloween jam. And I, I told them I'm kicking some All I Need in World product. So I'm going to drive there. It's about 40 minutes to an hour away. Drop off some boards, say what up, watch them skate for a little bit. They asked me to judge, but... um. I don't have enough time because I got to get back. I got to leave there and boot back to uh, the Edge uh, skate park to meet up. And uh, we're throwing a best trick contest. Uh, we're calling it the Dooley Throwdown. Um, Jake's from Taunton. So it's like uh, he's originally from this area. So we we're like, he just moved back from Cali. And I was like, let's do an event. Let's do an all I need in Jake Dooley, uh, Jake Dooley event. And he was down. So that's tonight. Um, which is Saturday. I don't know when I'm going to put this up. I'll try to put it up today. Saturday, October 21st. Let me see. I'll pull up the flyer, though, so we can see the most current sponsors for the New England Am. Got to get on my phone. There we go. All right, so we got All I Need, Thunder Trucks, OJ Wheels, World Industries, ProTech, Narragansett Beer sponsoring our after party, which will be Saturday night. Um, I believe 10 p.m. at No Problemo in New Bedford, Mass. It's a taqueria. We'll have live music, Gansett, cheap Gansett for you guys to get, um, a good deal on the Narragansett beer, so should be sick. Um, NEFS, New England Female Skaters, is a sponsor of the New England Am. Anchor Hardware, Stray Footwear, Gorilla Grip Tape, Oyster Brand, shout out. The Kind, sending backpacks. I'm hyped to see those any day now. Able Skate Co. supports the... The New England Am, High Water Skateboards, Somnambulus, uh, Skate Sheet, House of Marley. House of Marley sending some sick-ass speakers. Uh, and Tough Sheet Grip Tape. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be sick. I'm just looking at the schedule. If you want to know anything about the contest, you could just go on Instagram and type in at New England Am. And uh, that's where we post all the information as well. You can follow along for all the updates. So, yeah, New England Am's coming up. Tonight's the Jake Dooley, All I Need, Best Trick, which we're going to do Best Trick on multiple things. Give out a lot of stuff. Uh, make a sick edit. That's the real idea is get everyone together and just film a sick event and, you know, see some epic skateboarding go down. And it's kind of like a warm-up for the New England Am. So everyone come together on a smaller scale and just get the nerves out. And then when the New England Am comes, they'll be chilling and ready to battle it out. Um, it's a two-day event, man. It's November 4th and 5th, and it's... It's awesome. It's like, um, I don't even really consider it a skate contest. It's more like just a, a bunch of people, community skate shops and people coming together, having a good time and just raising the level and trying to see how gnarly people could get and how consistent. It's so fun, man. 
it's like a lot of energy and cheering, you know. We have to pick winners and stuff at the end, but really the whole thing is just fun. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Uh, also, some updates to the All I Need site. We just got our new All I Need hometown hoodie. I'm loving it. I finally got to wear it. I had to take some photos with it, get it on the store. This thing is awesome, super comfy, um, good quality. And uh, yeah, it's on our online store. And once again, thank you guys um, to those that cop from All I Need. It helps directly keep the show going. The show is listener funded, so um, it helps us be able to talk about whatever, whenever. And I love that. And I love that uh, we don't have to worry about what we talk about. <laughs> it's just nice. Some people do, you know, which would be shitty. But um, yeah, so best way to support the show you know if you don't have any money don't bother you know what i mean i don't want you to go on a stretch but uh if the show brings you any value at all and you really enjoy it and you want to help keep this thing moving forward um you can head to all i need skate.com cop a hometown hoodie or one of our decks try it out and uh yeah if you do since you'll be a sponsor of the show uh i'll give you a shout out on the podcast which reminds me don't go anywhere hold on Dude, no, 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 no. Let's see, let's see. Quick shout-outs, real quick. I'll do a couple real quick. Luke Salazar, he is the man, dude. Thank you, Colorado. Thanks for supporting all I need. Uh, we'll be shipping your uh, core fleece shorts soon and your long sleeve hoodies as well. Shout-out to Eastern Skate Supply for carrying all I need skateboards and getting our boards out to all the skate shops. Uh, it means a lot. Thank you for the support. Um, yeah. And, oh, I wanted to shout out, this is an obscure one, uh, Route 44 Hyundai and Route 44 Toyota. They're actually going to sponsor our best trick. Um, they said they'd kick in some money for that, so it'd be cool to give out some money during the best trick on the New England Am. So, shout out to those guys. That's my friend's dad. He owns that dealership, and he wanted to support the event, which uh, meant a lot to me. So, yeah. Once again, thank you guys. Uh... And uh, today's guest is my good buddy, Ben Ross, who is also a sponsor of the New England Am with Skate Sheet. If I have his mag right here. And um, yeah, Ben just drove down, kicked it with me, and we chopped it up. Had a great conversation about skateboarding and, and life, man. Uh, enjoy. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Or today. Or today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do.
right, then. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks okay. for having me. How long was your commute today? Uh, it was about two hours. Nice. Where are you at? Up in Peterborough, New Hampshire. Nice. How's New Hampshire? It's good. It's been cold the last couple of days. Yeah? <laughs> what are we talking? Uh, I got down in the 30s the last couple of nights. We had frost, so. Yeah, that's cold. Yep, it's getting there. I started skating in New Hampshire. Oh, yeah? Is that where you started? Yeah. Uh, well, I started in New York and then moved to New Hampshire like the year after. Nice. So for the most part up here. How old are you? Uh, I started when I was nine. Nice. That's early. Yeah. And you're 27, you said? Yep. Nice. Damn, you've been at it. A little while. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first introduction to skating? Um, well, it was kind of funny. Like, my brother is 11 years older than I am. Nice. And he used to like rollerblade and ride bikes and stuff. So you I always shit? saw him doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did later. Um, For the rollerblade. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, biking I'm okay with, but roll, I'm okay with rollerblading, too, but I feel like as a skateboarder, you almost right. have to give him shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to always see him doing that stuff when I was little, and, like, we'd run around and jump off things and build sketchy little bike jumps and all that, so. Hell yeah. We were always doing that, and then I, uh, the year that I started, it was 1999, and I was, like, watching cartoons one morning and saw an ad for the X Games. Nice. And saw, like, people skating vert. I was wow. like, that's, that's rad. So I sat there the rest of the day and watched all of it. Sick. And then went to the store and bought a skateboard, like, the next day. Who are the characters skating vert at this time? Um, or who are some people you look up to or got you sparked? Well, I mean, that, like, that was my first real exposure to it, and that was 99X Games, like, when the 900 and all that oh, stuff. Oh, it was that, then? That was that year. Oh, right, yeah, see, I didn't know. And that was, like, <laughs> I was sitting there, like, as this little kid knowing nothing, watching that, like, this is rad, and they're playing, like, now I look back, and, like, in the background of them skating, they're playing, like, the adolescents and stuff, nice. and, like, that's part of the music that's always stuck with me, too, in skating. Yeah. Um, Tony Hawk had a moment right there, huh? Yeah. That was, like, the defining moment. He kind of, like, did the trick that had never been done. And it was just right. on the platform that was so massive. And yeah, and I remember, like, seeing him and, like, Bob Burnquist and all all the people now that are just, like, gods, big-name legend yeah, skate gods. thing, right? <laughs> Bob Burnquist has been fucking... He transcends everything because he even used to skate street, like, super well. Remember right. when he skated for Antihero? Yeah. I think he still has a tramp stamp, no? I think Believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> so awesome. So that got you sparked, though? Yeah, that was, like, my initial, like, that's so rad. I want to do that. And then, like, took a bunch of rotten wood from my grandpa's house and, like, built a little kicker in the driveway. And nice. <laughs> learned slappies. And Not quite a vert ramp. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's it. Just whatever I could get my hands on. Our driveway was, like, full of pieces of metal and plywood and... It's strange to, like, to, I've never really, I don't think I've ever talked to someone who got hyped on skating because of Vert. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, like, my initial thing. And, like, I saw the street stuff, too. I was like, that's rad. But for some reason, it was just, like, dudes going that fast and that high. It was, like, just something I'd never seen. Yeah. It was just so out of everything that I knew that I wanted to know what it was. Yeah. So how, how do you go from watching that, getting hyped? Do you remember your first board? Yeah, it was a it was a Walmart special. Nice. Had, like sharks on it. Classic. <laughs> I still have it too. It's still at my mom's house, like all razor tailed and chipped in and Sick. beat up. But. I wish I saved my first one. SMA. Um Santa Monica Airlines. I don't that thing's long gone by now, <laughs> but that it's sick to have your first one. Yeah. And and is it clearly you could just put your foot through it, right? Right now? 
Yeah, it's, it's so beat the tails like this long and all chipped out. And like, <laughs> I used to just skateboards until there was like no nose and tail left. Yeah. Skate it till the tail was too short and then turn it around because I couldn't buy another one yet. <laughs> yeah, make it last. Yeah. Um, were your parents stoked on the idea of skateboarding? They were okay with it. I mean, they, they didn't really know anything about it. Um, but both my parents growing up had done sports kind of stuff. Um, well, like what? what they my do? mom used to be like a roller skater, like a figure skater, what? roller skating. Four, four wheels on each, yeah. like quad. Yeah. Not rollerblade. Right. Yeah, like yeah. roller skating, figure skating. And she was good? Yeah. Nice. Like she used to travel and do competitions and stuff with that when she was young. And my dad used to be a like professional water skier. What? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> so they were like, okay, cool. Like, you're into this. Go for it. Yeah. And they always backed it, which was really rad. Well, it was like water skiing, huh? Yeah, like, like slalom, like the one ski. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Getting towed, though. Yeah. Like, by a boat and everything. Wow. Did you ever try it? I've tried it a couple times. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> not for you? It's fun. I like messing around with it here and there, but... Not a career path? No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> what about roller skating? Roller skating's rad. I'm down for yeah. roller skates. Way bet, way cooler than rollerblading. Right. In my you opinion. gotta spread the wheels out. Although, nowadays, rollerblading's kind of cooler to me because the scooter th- epidemic, you know? Yeah. The rollerblading's like, starting to look like more appealing. Another, another notch came into the ladder there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, well, at least you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like so far... It's like they're almost rebels now. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're like, you see a roll better once in a while, and you're like, whoa, you're just really That's hanging on to that. happening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. didn't let that one go. <laughs> I have a theory about that, though. I think it's just that they didn't own their industry. Like, um, like I feel like roll blades were made. I could be wrong. I'm talking shit completely. But <laughs> I feel like they're just made by some dude who wanted to make a profit, you know? It's like a right. started out as a mainstream mall brand type thing, and then kids totally. took it and adopted it. But, like, it's probably so hard to manufacture like rollerblades, I guess. Right. Or same with it's the scooters. It's an odd thing. Yeah. Bank. And scooters too. It's like you got to know how to meld metal together, and like I feel like they're they're gonna have a tough time like owning their industry as well. Right. And if you don't own your industry, or at least have a part in it, then eventually it's just like about points numbers, and then someone just if you're not making the numbers, they're like, eh, we don't need to market. Right. This shit, you know, like strange, strange times, <laughs> my friend. Um. So. Got the board. Yeah. You're in New Hampshire still. Parents are cool with it. Or are you in New York? Uh, we were in New York, and then, like, that same year, we moved to New Hampshire. Oh, okay. So we were there for a little bit. Nice. And, and your uh, parents were cool with it? Yeah. They were fine with it. I mean, I was out in the driveway every day. Nice. Pushing around. We had, like, a little little short curb in the driveway. Nice. Like, doing little ride-on slappy grinds and stuff. That sounds like heaven when you're <laughs> right. a little kid. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, so how'd you progress from there? Did you get on a vert ramp eventually? It took a long time yeah. before I, I got there. We moved to New Hampshire, lived in Peterborough, didn't have a paved driveway. So I was like, like our square in the garage yeah. and then they kind of let me take over the basement, which was great. Nice. So we got like a little flat bar and my buddies and I built a kicker and a little quarter pipe and stuff in the basement. Sick. So you had to like duck and not hit your head on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> we had a similar setup. My buddy Dale, his parents let us, or his mom let us do the same thing, but uh, we fucked her dryer, washer and dryer. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Boards just shooting out and like she'd come down and yeah, new dent in it. She was so mad. It didn't last that long. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We had like the sketchiest sort of mini ramp of things that we had built. Yeah. So there's like a two foot high quarter 
It's like eight feet wide. My brother and I built. That one was like decent transition, had coping. You know what you're doing? Kind of. Oh, yeah. More my brother knew what he was doing and nice. helped me with it. And then we had like one that just went up the wall. Nice. It's like four feet tall, but went up the basement wall. So like, like super tight. And then next to it, there was like a three foot tall, really mellow one that somebody had built and their parents were going to throw out. So we took it. So, so it was like all these different pieces just facing each other. Just make it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have a uh, metal coping or PVC? Uh, I had metal on the one, the one only thing that we had with coping. Nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of times you don't even get coping. Right. <laughs> we built, we built one out in his woods afterwards and it was just straight. It, it was sick. But the thing is like, in the East Coast, outside, the weather fucks it up. But So after a while, the plies were coming up. Shit was warped, and we didn't do a good job. But the PVC coping, it would just, like, shatter eventually yeah. and turn into us, like, fighting each other with it. And, uh, <laughs> break out and chase each other around with pieces of it. Yeah. <laughs> but that thing, you get, like, your use out of it, and then it's just, like, party to bring it down and destroy it. Right. You know? <laughs> um, okay, so... To vert skating, because you're at your house, and then you must have found a skate park. Yeah, in Peterborough, there's a little skate park. had one quarter pipe, which I was, like, the only kid in town that skated the four-foot quarter pipe that was there. And that was all I wanted to do. I'd go, like, ride over everything else to try and learn tricks on the quarter pipe. And just (laughs) beat the crap out of myself every day, trying to, like, learn how to do airs and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun. Like, everybody's skating flat ground and, like, the pyramid, and I'm just, like, trying to go fast at the one curve ramp that's there and figure it out. <laughs> Are you padded up? I had a helmet on, oh, for sure. Good move. But... <laughs> you feel, that was a good move when you're young, right? Yeah. I was, like, 10, trying to figure out what I'm doing and just beating myself up. <laughs> yeah. That's sick. And it's four, so it's only four foot, though. Right. Yeah. But that was, like, terrifying. It was, like, as tall as me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the basics. You can learn everything on that, but it's still, it's new to you, so it's right. scary as shit. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a lot of that. And then just messing around, pushing around town. There's, like, not really skate spots in our town. Yeah. So it was pretty much just, like, popping up and down curbs and... No, Same. Actually, like skating place to place. Yeah. And just cruising around and. Which is kind of a forgotten art. Right. Yeah. Unless you live like in a city and you commute around a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We did that in New Hampshire too. We, uh, I lived in, uh, Raymond, New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah. So we, that's where I got my first board actually. Oh, nice. I lived in a trailer park there. Um, I want to say it was Garden Homes North, but I might be wrong. It's been so long. But we would just push for miles. Yeah. To go skate a fucking curb. Yeah. And it's like, why? Like, I think back now, and I'm like, so like what were we doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a curve. Like, yeah. I could have figured something else out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you have to do, you know? Yeah, that's totally what it was. And it was like, you had to find the curb because all the curbs are chunky and, like, made of granite. And yeah. you're like, there's one. There's one that we can grind. Like, we got to go all the way there. Did you find a crew of people to shred with? Yeah, I had a handful of buddies around there that all skated. And it was basically like we'd go to each other's houses and like skate in each other's basements or push around town. Nice. That helps keep the fire stoked. Yeah, for sure. Especially out in New Hampshire. Like right. when I when I was there, there was nobody skating in New Hampshire. It, like at least in our town, there was right. like me, Dale, maybe Chris Trembley, and nobody. But then after like a few years, we got like all our buddies to skate whether right. they wanted to or not but like we just turned them on to it like come on we're going to the skate park yeah and then eventually you know we had the spark and then it started taking off and more and more people eventually yeah that was the same thing there we had like a handful of people there and then we'd start like getting our parents to take us to nashua park nice. or like 
just other places around to get to go skate something different, then you'd end up meeting the crew from there and like get to know each other. Yeah. And it just grows and to what it is now. That's the raddest part about skating is just you travel to a park and you show up and you feel like you know people because you know they like skating like you. Right. You have like that automatic connection. Yeah. Just from the start. They, I always hear people talk about that like though, that like that's a dying thing. Like back in the day, people used to, skaters used to be friends instantly. You right. know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah, if I, I agree. Know. but <laughs> I mean, I still see it happen for sure. Yeah. I still go places I've never been and end up like leaving knowing like, 10 or 12 kids that I'd never have met before just from hanging out there for a couple hours with them. Well, that makes me feel good. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I hear the opposite sometimes and I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. And it's weird nowadays too because it's so se- segmented. Right. Like back in the day, it was like, there was maybe there was more styles. But nowadays, it just seems like the, the gatekeepers are gone and there's so many different genres of skateboarding right. now. And you can kind of find your niche and you could stay in your little bubble if you want, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's kind of cool. I, I like the fact that it's so different now because when I was coming up, you're you're a little bit younger, but you remember there was like a phase where like one company would just like have that video and then it right. would just wave through the industry and that'd be the standard. Like right. That was the thing. Yeah. Like in a, a year uh, or two. Yeah. Like exactly. Maybe even longer. Like there's some examples like Jamie Thomas with what he did. His right. filming alone made everyone want to skate handrails, you know? Right. And But with the whole technology thing and democratizing it, now everyone can like kind of film their version of it and put it out. Right. You get all these like really obscure things that somebody finds. It's like, this is rad. And then it blows up and yeah. turns into a bigger thing. Yeah. And then the one thing I don't like about today is when things, when the skating becomes a meme. Yeah. Where it's like, you see just all the no comply variations again and again and again. And then you see people dressing like a certain way that matches a certain style and it becomes like almost cookie cutter. Right. Like trying to fit a niche instead of yeah. just find what it is that you do yeah and people have been doing that forever I right guess, i suppose it's always yeah. been a thing yeah. i feel like you just see it more now because everybody's got a camera everybody can throw it up in front of everybody yeah and they, they, and it goes viral so you're like right. scrolling through and you're like fucking 20 people doing the same shit <laughs> and it's like dude it's so cool but now it's just like a trend you know right. so it's like uh <laughs> <laughs> it's weird yeah it's hard it's at a weird spot for sure i, I think it's just because like uh, for me, skating started as like an individual thing and doing right. your own thing, you know. But now, as it's like infecting the culture in a good way, it seems like there's just more people involved and people are just going to certain bubbles they like. Right. You know? Just yeah, I that's one thing. Like coming up, I always people would be like, "Well, what do you skate?" Like, I don't know. I ride my skateboard. Yeah. Like, I skate whatever's in front of me. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Like I'll skate a curb. I'll skate a big ramp. I'll skate a pool. I'll yeah. try and jump down something like yeah that's i'll awesome. do whatever like I, I don't know i ride a skateboard <laughs> i'll train yeah. <laughs> yeah i try to be that way no it doesn't always happen like i tend to like favorite things i like right no I, same here yeah. but that was always like an odd question to me people were like well do you skate this or do you skate this like no i ride my skateboard around like I skate. <laughs> where, wherever it is that i happen to be i'll find something yeah. <laughs> what was uh what was the first official vert ramp that you got to skate um, I think like when there was a place down in Rhode Island, where the BMX dudes owned, that had like a really big mini ramp that like almost went to vert. Nice. I went down there one time and skated that. And was then, it an indoor park? Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. I feel like, um, 
Yeah, I'm not going to remember it, but I do remember Kevin Robinson having a park. Yeah. yeah, and it was like big jump boxes and like really bike-style yeah. park. Um, like I skated that, and then it probably wasn't really until like when Rye opened, when Rye Airfield opened, and they had that ramp there. Theirs is pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's not the same one? No, it's a, the one that they used to have. It was... Um, like 12 feet tall, like nine foot transitions. So like old school vert ramp with like more vert and like tighter training. So terrifying. Yeah. It was so scary. And I used to like just pump around and get halfway up and be scared. And it took me like months and months and months to drop in. Yeah. Like going up to the coping, standing there. Like, I can't do it. Like, like, <laughs> it's all or nothing at that point. Yeah. You see, you're like, it's the biggest nightmare ever to drop in on a vert ramp. Yeah. It was probably like a solid three months of just like going to the coping and like being terrified and wanting to do it, but I just couldn't get myself to do it for so long. <laughs> yeah, because it's like a free fall almost. Yeah, like you go and you're like, it's all or nothing. Yeah. You're going and you're going really fast. <laughs> yeah, I got to that point. I got to the point where I could drop in and I could like kind of scrape the coping. I think I might have did a rock to fakie, yeah. which is scary, but I think that just seemed like I could pull it off. But never was I able to like fully do like a stand up fifty fifty. Yeah. Too scary. I never it's put pads on. I never put pads on either. That was my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> never learned to knee slide. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like, going like that high and that fast, you kinda have to. Yeah. Or else it really hurts to run. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like nowadays you see dudes on concrete parks crazy. with nothing on and yeah. I'm like, how and they're gonna be hurting in five years. Right. Like, like you're doing twelve foot airs. Yeah. On like a twelve foot wall with no pads, no nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's crazy. So, so Rye, though, is this where you started taking off with the vert stuff? Yeah, I ended up, I was like the little kid that used to skate with all the older guys. No, how old were you when you hit it, got into Rye? Like 12, 13, probably. Wow. Um, and because I was like the only little kid that would hang out on the vert ramp, it was like Mike Talone and Crazy Horse. Legends. All those guys yeah. were like making the trip to come skate that ramp every week. Yeah. Um, and they had a solid crew of like, you know, 15, 20 people that would come from like Rhode Island and Maine and everywhere and like converge on there every week. Sick. Um, so it was basically like sitting on the deck, watching those guys <laughs> and trying to do little errors and having maybe 12 and I'd be like, don't fucking early grab anymore. <laughs> you can stand up and do it. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, I'm 12. <laughs> like, I can't even get to the top. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they were right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. So that was, like, my my push was watching those guys and uh, just, like, seeing them do crazy things that I never thought I'd be anywhere close to. Just doing, like, huge airs and crazy horse doing freaking nollie heel flips and stuff. Yeah, Crazy Horse was crazy good. Yeah. At the island, I would watch him skate. And he looks like a madman. His eyes and just, like, his look. He looks like someone that should be in that movie Tombstone. Right. Wider. He yeah. does. I'm always like, I've never seen him as a little kid. And I'm like, that guy should be in a movie. Like, he just looks kind of psychotic. Right. Uh, he's got, like, the piercing eyes. But he's so good at verts. Yeah, up. it's crazy. Way ahead of everyone at that time, I felt. Yeah. From watching. Do you remember the guys, uh, there were two brothers? There were two black brothers, I believe. Oh, yeah. And they were really good. And I think they almost did the 900 before Tony Hawk. Yeah. At the island. 
I was there one time and dude was trying it and putting it down, but just couldn't ride away. But yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it was intense. That's crazy. Seeing it in person, I was like, "How the fuck is this? like <laughs> what's going on?" I couldn't even early grab on a vert ramp. I couldn't right. even do that. So I was like, "This is insane." I didn't even know it was a nine hundred till everyone started saying it. I was just like, "He's spinning a lot." Right. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. So that probably pushed you a little bit. That was a little kid for like, sure. Let you know what's possible. Yeah. Especially on a vert ramp. Yeah, like watching that being, you know, a third of the height of the ramp. Yeah. And being like, oh my God, how how are you doing that? I don't get it. <laughs> but I want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I did that and like tried to skate pools and stuff here and there when I could. Um, like this dude, Tony Sellers, he does tattoos in Portsmouth now. Nice. I haven't seen him in years, but he used to show up places and like skate pools barefoot. Not really. Like first dude I ever saw do that. Fucked. And he just rolled up and like, like rolling, grind in the deep end of pools and stuff. I'm like, whoa. Just because they can. Huh? Like, you can do that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, just watching crazy things like that. Whenever and, I see that, I've seen that a few times. I'm always like, why? Right? Why? But I guess if you can, you would. So gnarly. Right. It out. It's like so much of skateboarding. It's yeah. like, why are you doing that? I don't know, because you can and it's a challenge, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's something I love about skating. Yeah. It doesn't always make sense. Right. There's sometimes where even like you're in the middle of trying something and you look at it and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's right. So, so fucking skating vert, all that stuff. Did you ever want to pursue like sponsorship and that avenue? Yeah, that was definitely like something along the way that I was like, I really like doing this. Like, how do I get to do this more? Yeah. And, like make this a thing. So I like filmed some stuff with friends and this and that and like put together a little edit, which is funny. I actually found a copy of it nice. the other day. Um, yeah, when I was like 14, I made a little edit and I like, gave it to some shops and stuff, but it was 2004. So I was like trying to skate transition in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody was like, you need to, you need to flip your board and you need to jump down some things. I was like, I don't want to though. That hurts. Like, yeah. They were all wrong. They were all wrong. Right. <laughs> right. That happened to me too. Is like, they try to, because of what we were talking about earlier, because the industry trends catch on and fads, yeah. the companies and everything, they start to tell you like, this is what you need to do to get sponsored. Turns out, no. No, maybe at that time, but if you just wait a little bit, right. you'll have your own platforms where you can promote whatever you want. And it turns out people just like skateboarding, not just one certain type of right. skateboarding. Not like what's marketable that month. Yeah, I think that's that's a lot to do with um, the industry side of things, with people with dollars and industry being bought sure. up in the magazines. And that was like the gate, the gatekeepers, you know, like right. the magazines and videos. If you didn't get in those, no one who knew who the fuck you were, pre-social right. media pre all the bullshit right now, now there's like that that yeah. loophole around it where yeah. everybody can be like this is rad and all of a sudden like, yeah you can find everybody has to catch up yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah so like all these companies bought up all that magazines and videos and then yeah if you do want to get sponsored you got to fit into their mold right which is it's it was right for the moment but wrong in the long term you know right and that was one of those things that was never like my reason for doing it yeah i was like this would be helpful but if, yeah. if it doesn't, that's whatever. I'm going to keep skateboarding anyway. I like the way you said it. You said, I just want to find a way to keep it going because you want to do it as much as you can. Right. I felt the same way. Yeah. And that was like the only reason for it. Like, I want to keep doing this. How do I keep doing this? And yeah. being like a kid just coming into it, it's like, 
well, that looks like that's how you do that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people, like, it's hard to get advice and a lot of uh, bad advice out there on how to keep it in your life and get sponsored, you know? Yeah. A lot of times people should just sit down and be like, yeah, you might want to get sponsored, but maybe just, like, hold off, take your time, develop, and, like, you know, but instead they're like, eh, dress up like this and do that. Right. <laughs> you mislead a whole bunch of kids, you know? Yeah. So and did I, you send out that? You sent out that tape to a shop. Yeah, I like gave it to some shops and sent it to a couple of places. And nice. like never really heard anything back other than like, oh, you got to like learn flip tricks and skate street. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go do this because like, this is what I want to do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I admire. Also. Yeah. Good. Because like I said, that was never my reason for doing it. It's like, I like doing this. If I'm going to do it anyway. If somebody happens to pay attention, cool. Yeah. If not still going to do it. Like, I'm going to skate the park by myself. Like, I'm going to skate it when there's a bunch of people there. Yeah. Like. It's funny. There's, like, a fine line with intentions, you know? Like, because I, I notice that. Like, a lot of people say they love skating, they want skating, and then you really find out when they get what they want. Right. a lot of times they want something other than the actual skating. They want, like, a little notoriety, a little fame, which is normal, you know, with anything, right. you know? But I was the same way as you. I was like, I just want money so I can buy more skateboard stuff so I can have <laughs> hours of skating. Like, I'm worried about shoes, decks, like, gas money, like, stuff to just right. do more in skating and just keep it going. Like, that's the main. But some people, you know, they say one thing, but then, but which they get what they want, and then they usually fade away into obscurity, and you're like, oh, that dude used to skate. He was pretty good, too. Right. And you're like, oh, but he wasn't really a lifer, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, he was there for a minute, and then... Was it hard being, like, nine years old and getting into it at a time when, like, the whole world is, like, Tony Hawk, and it, you could be something, I imagine, It Tony was kind Hawk of and, weird, for yeah. sure, because it's, like, all of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, skateboarding, like, yeah. that's a thing, you know? So, yeah, that was the pinnacle. That's when everybody and their mom and uncle were, like, knew it's about like in skating. in the newspaper. Yeah, like, you can be pro. All over the place. Like Tony Hawk. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Yeah. It's just the media. It was just hype, for sure. For sure. So, did that never made you, like, think of, like, you were just more focused on skating, not like, oh, I want to be like Tony and sponsors and all that? Yeah, it was more just, I saw it and I thought it was rad and wanted to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And then just kept doing it and finding pieces of it that I liked. And it was cool because even with that, like we were saying, you know, like, oh, you don't fit with what the thing is. Now, I there would be people along the way that would be like, just keep doing that. Nice. Um, Solid people then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I used to skate with Charlie Wilkins Legend. a bunch when he lived up here. Nice. Like, every summer I'd skate with him and he would be like, you should learn this. Or like, you should try this. And he's like, super all-terrain. Like, I watched him skate the vert ramp and then go, like, skate handrails. Yeah, he can do it all. What are you doing? (laughs) He's one of those dudes. There's a few pros like that that can do it all, and he was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So he was somebody that was just like, oh, you do this. Like, go faster. Like, try this transfer. Like, try this gap. Try this thing. And he would push me to try other stuff. And same thing every once in a while. I'd get to skate with, like, guys who skated vert or skated pools, and they were like, Dude, it doesn't matter. Just keep skating however you want to. Yeah. And, like, just keep doing it for that. And if somebody notices, cool. And if not, then whatever. Like, you yeah. had fun. Yeah. And that seems so mon- that seems so simple. But to, like, a little kid, especially coming up when Tony Hawk just landed a 900, right. like, there's a lot of people that are in it for other reasons than just that. For sure. It's rad that you had some hu- hu- some guidance and good voices to help you out. Definitely. Yeah. It's crucial. 
I try to talk to the kids as much as I can. I get a lot on Instagram and Facebook, like advice, like asking me, so I can only do so much, but I try right. to like type it out and really explain it and take my time with my words to be like, yeah, it's a long-term game. Like if you love skating, you got to like build up your skate community and you got to like be part of it and help skate. You got to give the skateboarding right. first, you know, like you skating doesn't go on if you don't, that someone's got to have the spark. You know, like right. you got to have the spark and then you got to keep that thing growing and keep it burning and share that with other people. And then maybe if you're lucky, there'll be a big skate community and then people will be thankful you turned them on to skating and maybe you help build the park or maybe right. you help get the park or maybe you started a small brand or maybe you had the right footage and people were inspired and you were able, like it could happen, you know, but that should be an afterthought for sure. Right. Like I see it now after skating for so many years, there's kids that, like I showed how to drop in at the park or whatever. They're right. just ripping now. Yeah. It's and, unbelievable. Like, that's crazy. Like you're doing stuff that I don't really want to do. Like that's <laughs> terrifying. But I remember when you were like, you know, pushing Mongo around the outside of the park and like scared to go down the bank ramp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody starts yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Like I remember me doing that, but it's just crazy to like watch kids that you're like, this is how you drop in. This is how you do an ollie. And now they're doing like, hard flips downstairs sets and skating crazy huge parks yeah it's insane <laughs> it's insane it's good it's good that uh do you ever do that do you ever do skateboard lessons or just when you're out skating i mean when i'm out and around i help kids out if yeah. they ever ask anything and i used to uh like i worked at rye after i was there a bunch of years i ran nice. the like ran the summer camps there for a couple was summers. it the charlie's uh yeah charlie wilkins summer camp right yeah like yeah. i used to work a couple weeks in the summer out there nice. at that and then um, when Nels, the guy that ran that, I remember Nels. Yeah, when he went to be a teacher. Nice. Um, I didn't when, know that. When he left that, Bo called me and was like, "You've been here every summer since we started doing this. Do you want to come run this for a couple years?" Sick. Um, so I got to do that, which was really cool. And be like really hands on and watch kids just take off. Yeah. Um, I mean, like some of the Boston kids now, and like the Seacoast kids, like Will Mazzari, I remember him when he was eight and like already beating me at skate. Yeah. <laughs> like, Will, Will's amazing. Yeah. yeah. He was like so little and could only flip his board off of launch ramps because he couldn't pop high enough because he was too little. Like he could only three flip off things. Yeah. Like it was crazy. My homie Dev's like that. He's so little. He hasn't hit that growth spurt. So yep. same thing. They got to kind of get that little cheat in there. Yeah. <laughs> Extra space to let it flip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing, like, him and, like, John McFarland and nice. all those kids when they were little and then just watching them take off and be ripping now. Yeah, it's important. It's kind of going back to what you're talking about. It's important that the other dudes that are shredding kind of school the dudes to the game, you know? Like, right. Because everyone has potential, and if they stay with it and they really love it, they're going to get really good, you know? But some people can get really good anyways, whether they love it or not. It's just natural for them. Right, it's just like a determination thing. Yeah. and uh, But a lot of times it's always the mindset of someone that you're like, because uh, I know a couple kids that are exceptionally good, but they're so selfish in their approach. Yeah. And they don't even care about the skate community. And you're like, but they're fucking amazing. And right. And like, people are like adoring them. But they don't really know how to do it. They right, they get don't like, realize what the rest of it is. Yeah, I'm like, well, you're part of something bigger than yourself. So, like, if you want to be sponsored, you gotta help that. That you gotta help your community. You gotta add to skating before it gives. Like, if it even 
chooses to give anything to you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't do it expecting something back. Exactly. You just do it because that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes more than just you. Right. Like, you, no one's going to sponsor you, especially nowadays. Maybe back in the day, like, I could think of, like, a PJ lad who could be a complete recluse and then just put out an amazing part right. and build a career off of that, which he did. Yeah. Which is amazing. But his, I think the reason that happened was because he was so focused on safeguarding his version, his skating, and, like, being hyper-focused on it. And right. Like people were just inspired by it. But that's, like, a one in a million, you know? So, like, definitely if kids want to get involved with skating, it's like, dude, well, fucking find people to have other actors in the right. fucking game with you and have fun and grow the thing, give back to skating, and, you know, it'll give back to you in memories and friendship. and For sure. And maybe you'll get something uh, physical and, like, you know, material out of it. But who really cares at that point? Right. You already have a lifetime of memories. I can think back. You got, like, especially how long have you been since you were – nine you're 27 now yep. yeah you have years of like a hard drive full of memories yeah I'm sure. so many awesome things and like rad people that i've met along the way and yeah like totally unexpected experiences yeah for sure like like showing up in a town where i didn't know anybody had nowhere to stay and like you just start talking to somebody about skateboarding and they're like oh you like you can stay with us <laughs> so, <laughs> so so clutch yeah yeah that's awesome that's a uniquely skateboarding too for sure. I've been in that situation a bunch. Nowhere to go and just talk to someone and they see you love skating like they do and they're just like willing to open their home to you. Yeah. That's sick. We need that more. Totally. <laughs> it's like a B&B. What is it? Bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally. It. That's like when I was, I lived down in South America for a few years. Whoa. Sick. And um, it was cool to see the skate scene down there because it was way different than what it is here when I got there. Whereabouts um, in South America? In Santiago in Chile. Nice. Uh, I was right in the capital. What was it like? It was so different from here. It was kind of funny, partially, because, like, being there from here, you know, I'm the gringo. Yeah. And uh, clearly, everybody always <laughs> thinks that, like, oh, you're from the U.S., like, you have money. Like, no, dude. I, <laughs> I live in the worst part of town than you do. It, they'd be like, oh, where do you live? Like, Los Condes, Providencia, which is like the fancy part of town. Yeah. Like, no, oh, man, I live in Lacado. And they're like, dude, we don't even go there. Like, that's bad. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's where I live. Yeah. It's like, like the ghetto of the city. Yeah. Is where I live. So they all like thought that it was the greatest thing that I was like the gringo. But I was one of them because I lived in like a bad part of town and would just hang out at the skate park with them. Yeah. And it was like, no, it's just skateboarding. Yeah. It's funny. America's great at, uh, media they're great at portraying you yeah. know the american dream everyone's rich everyone's do a lot of it's all shell game you know totally unfortunately yeah, yeah. Cool. i get angry about that <laughs> yeah it's, it's so weird but one of like talking about that how it's like almost like a family of skateboarders wherever you go like yeah. showing up down there i didn't even know spanish when i got there oh man like just dove into it, went to the skate park. And that was like the first time in weeks that I was able to like have a conversation with somebody talking to the kids at the park because all the tricks have the same names. Oh, nice. So yeah. we could talk about what we were trying and kind of gesture and half figure it out from broken English that they knew from high school. And there's universal language. Skate right. Language. Skateboarding like <laughs> was the universal language Sick. because you could talk about tricks. You could talk about video parts and magazines and, it was all the same. Yeah. So that whole difference of being from somewhere else and being different just disappeared. Yeah. And 
everybody who's just hanging out skating. Yeah, that's amazing. Which is super cool to see. And there was on Go Skate Day a couple of years ago when I was down there. They set up a big thing and started at one of the subway stops like uptown and worked their way down the main street to the city, like hitting different spots on the way. Nice. And then ended up at one of the big parks and they had bands playing. And it started out with, I think, like 1,200 people where we started yeah. to the point that like the cops were shutting down side streets because there's so many people just down the middle of the city. Fucking intense. Um, skateboarders. Yeah, yeah. Just all skateboarders Gnarly. ripping through the middle of the city and picking up people along the way. So by the time everybody <laughs> showed up at the park, there was close to like 2000 people wow. at the park, just skating and just huge crowd around and bands playing like some of the old school punk bands from down there that have been around for ages, just in the underground down there. Gnarly. And um, playing on the deck of the pool and everybody just ripping around. And this one guy, we were talking. And, like, the best way I can translate it from Spanish, we were standing kind of up above looking over the whole thing and everybody just having a blast hanging out together. Thousands of people just there for that. Yeah. And um, he's like, man, it's so cool. Like, there's there's no flags. There's no religion. There's no countries. There's no colors. There's no anything there's just four wheels two trucks and a board and all of us are family yeah that's sick yeah and that's like that stuck with me the whole time i'm just thinking when you started saying that i was just like yeah everyone's playing with a piece of wooden wheels and that's like kind of giving us our own language you know right for sure that has nothing to do with a flag or anything like yeah that. it doesn't matter where you're from what your background is if you appreciate the actual art of skateboarding, you can right. relate to others that do. Yeah, it doesn't even matter what level you're at of skating. If you're learning how to push around an ollie, or if you're just ripping, yeah, everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's hard at all levels. Yeah, even when it's easy, it's like you start doing stuff that you're like, okay, well that's easy. So now I got to get back to when it was hard again. You start pushing it again and again. Right. So you're still in the same boat as the kid beginning because yeah. it's still fucking hard. People ask you, what's the hardest trick to learn? Oh, I hate yeah. that question. I don't know. Probably ollies and kickflips. Yeah. Those took me the longest. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Ollie <laughs> takes a lifetime to master. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, kick, I still kick flips took me forever. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got to mob your ankle and uh, bend it sideways and yeah, train it. It's like, weird. Yeah, that one was always hard hard for me. Why, why did you end up in South America? Um, I had always kind of wanted to live outside the country. Good just, idea. Just to see something different um, and get a different perspective. Which is fucking a lot of people need that and don't yeah. ever get that. It gives you a whole different view on not just here, but everything. Just how life could be or Right, is. just a different perspective. Get outside of the bubble. Like what's normal there is so different from what's normal here. Yeah. And just the back and forth of that kind of blows you away sometimes. And in, in what I've taken away from travel is you see, you see how like people – like the people in power and countries and governments, how they um, control their people. You know, totally. you go different places and you see different tactics and stuff like that and different approaches. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like it kind of makes you realize that even America is like controlling, you know, totally. like, and you're more aware of it, which is, which I feel helps, you know, definitely in your life. Yeah. Totally more people does. need to get outside the American bubble for sure. Yeah. Once you step out and look <clears> at it, you, can definitely see more how it's working. Yeah, you can have more empathy too, and you won't think that, you know, you won't be like, we're the greatest. 
And be like, we're part of something. Right, like, oh, all of us are here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're all on Earth together. Everybody's here. Let's do this. You're not first, you're last. <laughs> it's like, no, if you're in just one state in America, you might have that men- mentality, you know? <laughs> right. No, we're all people. We're all here, like, hanging out together. So. Did you Did you, Did you? you save your money up? Did you just hustle? Or how'd you get there? Um. Well, I, I was married at the time. Nice. Um. And she was from down there, and most of her family was still down there. So that was, like, the connection. It was like, oh, we could go there and have a place to stay. Perfect. Um, So I ended up doing that. And that was basically, like, how we got there. Just sold a bunch of the stuff that we had and went. Nice. Yeah, I was down there for a few years and then came back. And you were just on the whim. How old are you at this time? Uh, I was, what was I when I went down there? Like. 23 nice that's a good age so, perfect yeah. age did you have you had uh other jobs normal jobs like what are some jobs a few here and there i mean i held out for a long time of like i don't want to have a regular job good for you um <laughs> so i'd work at the mountains in the winter and i used to snowboard a bunch and like travel and do contests and stuff with that so i'd make some money from that and build snowboard parks snowboarding yeah you're pretty good yeah, I, I guess. Nice. That's what they told me. <laughs> that seems like it would um, be really fun. That kind of took off like when I was thinking I wanted to be sponsored skateboarding so I could do that more. Yeah. Everybody was like, that's not really like what this is right now. Like how, how you skate doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had started snowboarding and I was like, this is really easy. It's attached to me. Yeah. I can do all the tricks that I can't do on a skateboard. Yeah. Um, spinning, right? Because spinning. Yeah, like spinning and... Yeah. Like, I snowboard and skateboard the total opposite. Really? Like, at snowboarding, I'm, like, I love riding rails and, like, street spots. Oh, that's funny. All that stuff. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, I can do a back lip here and not, like, nut myself on a rail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that kind of took off, and I was like, oh, okay, like, this is fun. I'll do this, and I can still skate. Yeah. On all of these trips and everything. It probably helps your skating too, like back lip. I mean, your ollie might be shaky, but back lip, you're learning. To yeah, turn like you learn way. a lot of the motions of it and yeah. you get to not be afraid of going fast. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't ever really That's thought That's one of that. the biggest things is like hitting jumps and stuff on a snowboard. You're going 30, 40 miles an hour yeah. down a hill. <laughs> on a skateboard, like you get up to like 20 miles an hour. Okay. Like, yeah, speed walk. Going really fast right now. <laughs> So it definitely, like, breaks down that fear of going fast at stuff. Yeah. Even though you're not strapped in when you're on a skateboard, it's still a little bit more comfortable because you've gone faster than that before on a board. Yeah. Um, so it definitely helps back and forth. So did you – you got sponsored for snowboarding? Yeah, I ended up um, – I rode for Stepchild for a few years and Arbor and Oakley and oh, – I don't know. I know uh, Stepchild is a board brand, I'm guessing. Yep. And then uh, Arbor Clothing or something? Uh, Arbor, they make snowboards and clothes and all that stuff nice. too. So I ended up riding for a handful of companies and traveling around doing contests. And I did like the U.S. Open one year. What's it? Filmed a couple video parts and used to work out at High Cascade on a Mount Hood in the summer. Wow. Sick. So that was fun. That also was like my excuse to be able to go skate big cement parks in the Northwest. Oh, like, nice. I'm going to go work here for the summer and every day I have off. Like, try to go skate Burnside or Hood River or somewhere cool. Sick. So yeah. it was, like, my excuse to be able to go skate other places with snowboarding. <laughs> it helped. It yeah. helped get you there, yeah. It did, for sure. And that kept me able to mainly do those things for a lot of years. Yeah. And uh, 
So you got to travel a bit with that. That helps. Like, I'm not anti-sponsor by any means. Like, it's nice to have a sponsor, but if you don't know why you want a sponsor, it's kind of, like, pointless. A lot of kids just want it for, like, superficial reasons. Right. But, like, for sure, like, when you get to a certain age, like, if someone sees some talent in you and they think that you're going to, you know, you have the spark and they want to encourage it, sponsor could be a great thing, you know? Right. Because if you have purpose and drive, you that money comes in, you can put it into building your life, you know? Like, right. And that was the same thing with that. I never did it for that i did it because it was fun and i wanted to push myself yeah opportunity just and it snows half the year and i'm in new hampshire (laughs) you have to do something right like i gotta do something i can't like i can only shovel out the parking lot so many times and skate flat in the cold yeah (laughs) sure it's true so how's the northwest like up there it's cool I like it out there. I would definitely go back out there. I've been out there on trips, but you lived out there for a little bit? Or? Uh, a couple summers. I'd nice. go out for three or four months. Nice. Burn, in Burnside's pretty wild, I imagine. Yeah, that was like like dream spot. I had gotten to skate FDR a couple times when I was fairly young. And forever, it was like FDR and Burnside were like the places I wanted to go just because of the people that I looked up to skating and like seeing them rip those parks and just how gnarly those parks are they're insane i was like i want to figure it out like i want to go try and just hearing the stories of how hard it is to find lines and all that yeah in those parks um so yeah that was definitely one of those like bucket list kind of things like okay i finally can skate burnside <laughs> yeah check it's so fun and charlie's out there right yeah he's out there now i actually talked to him uh, a couple weeks ago there's a photo of him in the new magazine he sent me a message like hey can i get a copy this is the new mag <laughs> that's the one which you're gonna get into it's in here yeah there's in that uh, i did an interview with the photographer michael sorelli oh nice and uh yeah there's that photo of charlie at hellgate oh sick big old melon fakie and uh, he like sent a message to the magazine page and was like hey can i get a copy of that so i sent him a message back from my instagram He's like, dude, I didn't realize this was you. How have you been? Like, we haven't seen each other in years. <laughs> Sick. So we got, like, that reconnection. reconnection from a photo, which was cool. Maybe explain Hellgate for the people. It's just a ramp, right? Is this Doug's? Yeah, it's down in Boston. It, it's a community yeah, it's a, ramp it's a, now? It's a bowl down there behind one of their houses. and It's kind of just like a, a legendary spot down there. Yeah, I've heard of it. I, I don't think I've actually been to it, though. Yeah, I haven't actually gotten to, to skate it either, but yeah. I've seen tons of stuff from there, and I see like TV and Butters and all them yeah, posting it, stuff from there. It's crazy because it looks like it's just in like a residential neighborhood. Like It's just there. crammed in their backyard. It's like the entire <laughs> yard of the house is just this ramp. I wonder how they manage the neighbors and <laughs> right? parties because it's like <laughs> a big bowl tranny. You know dudes are getting buck in that thing. Right. <laughs> it seems like with that, the, a lot of the gnarly tranny park skating there it comes like a lot of alcohol and weed. And I mean, with skating in general. Yeah, but. like in general. But with that, <laughs> there tends to be like some gnarly people around most of the time. Yeah, classic humans. Right. <laughs> so I guess that's a good seg- segue into the beginning of starting Skate Sheet. Yeah, it started as an idea when I had one of those real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Which did we, did you mention what you did for like real job, like a shitty job? What's the worst job you've had? Um, or job you didn't Worst do? job I had, I worked in a freezer warehouse Whoa. for like a grocery distribution place. What were you doing? 
like picking orders and stacking pallets and stuff and minus 15 degrees for 12 hours a day what was your what was your attire (laughs) would you bundle up it was like like two pairs of sweatpants over long johns and like a couple hoodies on (laughs) you know big like wool gloves and i wonder if you gained years of your life though because being in the cold maybe right maybe maybe it like preserved me yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) preservation but yeah that was that was by far like a job i never want to have again Manual um, labor, just lifting and some Just being in that about. environment. I was yeah. getting sick all the time from being in there. Gnarly. And um, it was really gnarly. The uh, like the refrigeration system of it was old and it had started leaking stuff. It was making everybody there sick, but they wouldn't admit that that's what it was. And people were like getting really, really sick. That was part of why I left. Yeah. Because um, I was getting sick and other people were having the same symptoms and it kept getting worse. And they just wouldn't like admit that that was what was going on. So foolish compromise they should definitely just submit it and fix the problem yeah (laughs) so it was like leaking stuff from the freezer system into the air in there making everybody sick fuck um that's where lawsuits come in eventually yeah like years down the road and people are like oh yeah and then 30 lawsuits right it was one of those like nobody could pinpoint what it was because nobody knew how the whole thing worked all of us that just worked there yeah but everybody was like getting the same sick every shift yeah that's scary so it was like no there's a lot of places like that that people work at and warehouses there's chemicals and stuff and yeah like, you're not aware you just go to work and breathing in something sketchy and like they don't give a shit yeah fucking sketchy yeah it's super sketchy it's kind of a it's kind of like um a point for machines to do some shit you know like oh well maybe humans shouldn't do something right if the environment's going to be like that yeah like maybe they should you should let people do something else and put a machine in there when you're able to you know right yeah. but yeah i did that for a while that was probably worst worst regular job yeah uh when i started the magazine i was actually janitor nice so whereabouts uh in peterborough it was after i moved back from south america i just moved back to peterborough and i worked at the high school there nice so i would go in and that was Basically, the way it was explained to me when I was trained is you have eight hours to do four hours of work. So take your time because you can't leave early. <laughs> yeah, it seems like school. And I was like, oh, really? Because I'm, I'm somebody who's got to be like, I have to be doing something or I get bored. Yeah. And like I, I'm always trying to do stuff. And that's actually how the magazine started is because the section of the school I got to clean had all the art rooms. So I, when I get bored, I'd go in the art rooms and like draw stuff or right. like, paint things quietly like in the back corner of the art room because i didn't have anything else to do everything was done already yeah and uh i went in there one day and there's a bunch of little magazines because they were doing an art project about like how magazines are made and all this stuff so they had made all these like xerox copy little zines like all the kids and they had them all out like so cool display things so i started reading everybody's little magazines they (laughs) left out and uh looking at them i was like we could do this. Like, why wouldn't we do this with all the people that I know and photos and stuff and people I can talk to about skate stuff. So it was going to be like just a little black and white, like couple pages thing. I was going to run on the copier. And I thought of the name of it. Skate sheet kind of as a joke. Cause everybody was like, Oh, print media is dead. Uh, like, why yeah. would you make a print magazine when everything's going digital? So it's like actually printed on sheets of paper. Yeah, skate sheet. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like a joke on that. And then as I started talking to people about it, it was actually like last year at New England Dam um, when I brought the idea out to a bunch of people. And it was like, what do you guys think of this? 
and everybody was so hyped on it that it took off and turned into this instead of like a little black and white thing that I was going to just make. So instead of kindergarten class magazine? <laughs> right. Instead of like, I'm going to run these on the printer at my house and staple them together. Um, all of a sudden, people that I knew in the industry were like, well, like, do you have money to do it? Like, no, I'm just going to like run a couple copies of it. And they're like, can we buy an ad to like give you some money to help it start? Nice. And I hadn't even thought of that. Same thing as like, so the sponsor thing, I didn't even think of that. I just wanted to like make a zine and get some coverage for dudes that ripped that never get seen. Yeah. Um, it seemed like you just got sparked from the kindergarten class and you're like, yeah, totally. we could do this. Let's try. Yeah. Like, why can't we do this? <laughs> um, you know, and just knowing kids and seeing kids out there ripping and like really into it, but nobody like them not having an outlet for like the photos that their buddies are taking and all that kind of stuff. Especially out here. Right. In the New England area. In yeah. And area. so many zines like dropped off out here. Like there used to be focus, focus and steez and stepdad. Yeah. And then all of them just kind of evaporated for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and I was actually talking to Michael Sorelli one day, we were shooting photos for stuff and we were talking about how there was just kind of this hole in the scene. There was no outlet for East coast people because it's so hard for them to get something into any of the bigger magazines. It has to be like some ridiculous thing for them to even pay attention. And even at that, it has to be, you have to have the right sponsor because people pay right. for those pages. Totally. Know, so. And even like low card got really big. Yeah. And it's hard for kids from out here to get stuff in there sometimes still. Yeah. Um, so it was basically like wanting to give everybody an outlet for all the stuff that they're doing and keep the scene connected um, was the real idea of it. I like it. And I've written in there a bunch of times. Like I do a little editorial thing in the front and I put in there a lot of times tell people to send me stuff, send me photos that you shoot. If you want to write something, there's something you think is cool, write a thing about it and send it to me and I'll run it because this isn't really my magazine. It's everybody's magazine. Yeah. I just happen to be the guy that like clicks on things and lines the pages up and sends it to print. The curator. Right. Yeah. So it's not really mine. It's the whole scene and whatever everybody wants to put into it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I couldn't agree more with like, there being a hole for that type of thing. Same with, like you mentioned, New England Am. I saw yeah. like an avenue and I was like, dude, there's so many good skateboarders and we don't have our own like big event yearly. Totally. Someone just keeps going for the sake of doing it. And there's so many shredders and it's growing. Like why not just fill that void? Like not for financial or any of that bullshit, but like let's just keep the dream alive. You know, right. let's keep growing this fucking thing. Totally. It's, it's on the East Coast. It's like we have to do that people that grow older right. and hang on to skating and we have to build little ways to keep it into our lives and then share that with everyone else and then it'll continue to grow and that'll be awesome yeah more skateboarding the better right <laughs> <laughs> so i saw this i'm instantly like yeah this dude clearly is not trying to get rich this is a labor of love and it could grow to whatever but to just start it in a time when digital is god said and fucking print is right yeah what it is is pretty sick Thanks, man. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that was that was what sparked it. How many issues? Uh, this is the sixth one. Damn. So, what are some what are some things that you've learned along the way with starting a magazine? A I mean, zine. When I did the first one, I had no idea 
anything about it. I'd always wanted to since I was little. I was like 12. Yeah. I'd go to events and stuff and try to take pictures of things. And <laughs> for school projects, I would write stuff like magazine articles. Nice. But I never had any idea of what to do with it more than that. You know, maybe someday I'll get to work at a magazine or get involved in something. Yeah. Um, so I had no idea the first time and I just sat down for a bunch of days and looked at, you know, sizing and formatting and how that stuff works. And the company that I worked for as a janitor, I lucked out. I got to clean the offices of Yankee magazine uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> while I was trying to figure all this out. So while I'm cleaning their offices, I'm like, well, how do they format stuff? Like, where's their stuff getting printed for this like big publishing company? Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, spied on that stuff and it's like, oh, this is like, this is all the different things that they do. This is how they're put together. Like what kind of paper it is and all that. Yeah. That helps. And it was just, just diving into it and trying to figure out what was going on because yeah. I knew nothing. Um, and it's funny if you have the, like the first three issues, they're all like different, like different paper, different covers. <laughs> Cause I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> just experimenting. Yeah. One of them's like a cardstock cover and one of them's like, it's soft cover. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. What you, so this is what you ended up with though, eventually? This yeah, that's, that's what it came down to after a couple, after like the third issue. Um, I'm just running it. It's like the same, the same paper inside and out, just the covers color and the inside's black and white. And how do, how do you get it out there? How do you distribute it? It goes through shops. My whole thing of it was I didn't want anybody to have to pay for it. Yeah. Just because it's just sharing the skateboarding. Yeah. Um, you know, just like going to the, the skate park, you go to the public park to go skate and share what you like to do. So I didn't want anybody to have to pay for it. So I've just been packing them and sending boxes to shops. Nice. Um, and it's crazy how fast people like latched onto it. Yeah. And within the first couple months, um, I sent a box down to the guys at shut down in New York, just kind of out of the blue. I just like looked at a map of all the skate shops and was like, I know people at these ones. I'm going to send stuff to them because I think they'll be into it. These couple other ones, I don't know if they'll even like it, but I'm going to send something their way. So just out of the blue, like, send stuff to them and take a uh, chance. Yeah, there's an interview in this one of this kid, Josh Green from New York, that skates for shut that reached out to me. It was like, I picked up your zine at the shop. Like I do sales stuff and work for them. And I'm really, really stoked on it. If you ever want to do something with some of the team guys, yeah. I was like, well, why don't we do something with you since you're obviously into this. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just been through shops and then there's a handful of other guys that like down in Pennsylvania, there's this dude that runs a little company called DNA. Okay. Um, Not like what, like skateboards. Yeah. Remember there used to, there, there used, used to, be, to be like big DNA yeah. like distribution. Jason Maxwell. Used to ride for right. Them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's another like little company. Okay. Same name. Um, <laughs> sick. Right. <laughs> I always like the name. So yeah, it's a good one. Uh, but he reached out to me. He's like, I've been following all your social media stuff and I think it's rad. Will you send us some zines? And if you want to send them down, I'll get them out to shops that I deal with. Right. Cool. I don't know anybody down there. So he's been taking them to Philly and Pittsburgh. And when he goes down to North Carolina and whatever, he'll take them down there. There's another dude from Indiana um, that runs this little company called Snapped. Yes. And same thing reached out. Like, I think this is rad. Will you send us some copies? Sure. Why not? <laughs> and, uh, so he's been taking them to shops around Indiana and Midwest and right. when he goes out there. So it just kind of took off for me packing little envelopes and sending them around to these guys. Yeah. 
this is cool. We'll give it to people here too, all the way to this dude from Osaka, Japan hit me up. Whoa. Sick. That's crazy. Yeah. He's been running this shop over there since 92. Amazing. And it's like, I think this is rad. You're actually doing a real in-print DIY magazine. We want it. And we want to read it. If I pay shipping, will you send us a box of all the issues? Uh So I sent them a box of, I don't know, 30 or 40 issues, like 10 of each one that we had at the time. Sick. And they were so hyped on it. He's like, whenever you whenever you put out more issues, just let me know and I'll like PayPal you some money to ship them over. That's crazy to have an idea out here, just a little idea, then have someone over there appreciate it. It's right? insane, yeah. And it's just no connection other than, hey, I saw this, I think it's cool. Yeah. And I like skateboarding too. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. So... It's crazy because you nowadays, if you're going to do this, you just also have to do digital as well because right. you can promote it and still get it out there. But this is something that like there'll always be skate zines if people have the fire and the spark to keep them going. Yeah. And people love this stuff, you know? Like, it's been cool to see people come out of the woodwork too that make other little zines that I had no idea were out there. Oh, right. Um, like I've talked to Rob Mertz. I talk to him sometimes. Syndrome, right? Robert, um, I believe. Yeah, he's out in he's out in California. He used to skate for um, like Zorlac and stuff. Yeah, I believe he has something to do at Syndrome Distribution. Jason Maxwell. Like, yeah, I've been out there a few times. That's sick. He does one. Yeah, he does. Um, he has like a company. He does shirts and hats and all that stuff. It's the Black Sheep Underground. Nice. Um, and it's basically like he does a little zine every once in a while to go with it based off of like the old punk scenes that him and all those dudes grew up with nice and it's basically like him and them trying to keep that like the old like 80s core punk skate scene alive like that's what they call it the black sheep underground and their thing is like society rejected us now we fight back (laughs) that's sick he's like yeah now we're old enough to do something and make this a thing yeah um so i i got in touch with him and we like send scenes and stuff back and forth to each other and um, these other guys from the Midwest that do a zine called Coven. Nice. Um, it's like, like metal skate zine and it all, they have a lot to do with music. Do you have do you have any music reviews or anything in the skate sheet? Yeah, I don't in this one, but I've done some before just of bands that I know or ones that I found. I'm going to do one in the next issue. Um, this band Heliscope. Nice. It's actually this, oh, yeah, this shirt they, they sent me. It's, um, Dave Wood who owns Talent. Oh, sick. He plays guitar in the band, and it's a bunch of other guys that skate up there. Well, that's have sick. this doom metal band. It's super rad. Ver- Vermont, right? Yeah. Talent Skate Park? Yeah, from Hannah. Burlington. Hannah as well, right? Yep. Yeah. I used to go through there for Fibro Days. Yeah. We did demos, and it was just sick. They yeah. had a cool scene. Yeah, they've got a great scene up there. But that's they, so sick. But they've <laughs> got this band, and they like I've followed them for a while, and... They posted like a cassette tape. They put out a cassette tape. And I was like, that's so awesome. How do I get one of these? He sent a message back and said he'd send me a little box of stuff. So sent me one of their CDs and a tape and a shirt and some stickers. Nice. And um, so I'm going to do that in the next issue, like review of that stuff. And- that's sick. It's cool to have something to be able to, like, obviously to share skaters and help give them a platform, but right. to include music too. It seems like music's one of your loves. Totally. How, what got you turned on to the music you like? Um, a lot of different things. I mean, my brother played drums growing up, nice. so I used to dork around on his drum set when I was Sounds little. like you had a rad older brother. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, my brother's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> he does some crazy things. Both of us do really different things, but 
people used to think that we were twins because we look so much alike and we do all the same stuff, but we're 11 years apart. Oh, no shit. Um, so there was a little while that we were like pretty close in height and everything. Like, Are you guys twins? Like, yeah, we're just 11 years apart. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, he does some crazy things too, yeah. which is pretty rad. But he got me into a lot of the music that I listened to. Like what was some of the first music, like bands or albums that you really got you sparked? Um, a lot of like the first albums that I picked up came from skate stuff, like picking up Ramones albums or, um, you know, music that was in skate videos Yeah, and like trying to find what it was like the yeah, yeah, yeah's from one of the old DNA videos. Yeah. They had a song in there or, um, like my favorite, favorite skate part ever was Tony T from in bloom. Oh yeah. Like the sure rest of the video, everybody's skating street. And then all of a sudden there's like Tony T and Cardiel. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh my, like watching that on VHS. Yeah. Like constantly and just rewinding that part. Even as a street skater, I was like, it caught my eye too. Yeah. I was street skating sick, but those was just like going so fast at everything in Motley Crue and was like totally just out of what else was going on. Yeah. And that was one of the things that like sparked me to, to like skating like that and get into I guess more like punk and metal kind of side of things. Yeah. Um, and then hanging out with all the, the older crew skating vert, the, that gnarly was the only thing they were like, this is all we do. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody would put a CD in the, in the boom box on top of the vert ramp and crazy horse would come and just like take it out and throw it on the ground and put Metallica in. <laughs> like, Nope. <laughs> Told you you got crazy eyes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, wild card. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I've gotten into a lot of music you know, from my brother and from skating, yeah. for sure. Finding stuff that's in videos that I think is cool. Some of the old creature videos and stuff like that, definitely. It it connects back and forth. And there's so many skaters that are in bands Yeah, that you can tell, like, their skating influences their music. Yeah. Like, they're playing songs that you would want to skate to. Yeah. Because they skate. They get it. Yeah. yeah. And even, like... Bigger bands for years I didn't realize that had skaters in them, like Flogging Molly, oh, like really? Matt Henley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no shit. You know? It's funny because when I got into music, it was like 90s hip hop. Yep. So like this genre that you're speaking about, I'm kind of like outside the loop, but I do know some of the classic songs and bands and stuff like that, and it's pretty sick. But I always liked hip hop. That was yeah. my thing. Like I just like... Wu Tang, Thirty Six Chambers. That like, that was the and it was like the album that blew my mind. Yep. Just like uh, Wu Tang Clan ain't none to fuck with. I was a little kid. I'm like, why are they it's saying just like that? so raw? Yeah. Why are they saying that? That's awesome. <laughs> I need totally. to listen to this. <laughs> Which is along the same vein of like some of the heavy metal stuff and totally like, just aggression and like uh, energy and just yeah, like, and a lot of it like people putting so much feeling into what they're doing. Yeah. Like with hip hop or with like punk and metal stuff, it relates, all of those relate so much to skateboarding because those are all genres that people are super like attached to and involved in. Yeah. And they write about what's actually going on. Yeah. Like what's happening in their life or stuff that they've been through or like things that they see that they want to change. I'm always amazed that some of those bands, like, where they scream and they hold it for, like, a whole song. And I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> like, they have a I, whole album like that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, they must go home and, like, put an ice bag on their throat. Like, fucking gnarly. Right. Andrew Cannon's, like, into, like, a lot of that yep. heavy metal, dark stuff. And, like, 
not all his stuff is like that, but some of it he'd turn it on. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what they're saying, but this is fucking serious, like, <laughs> fast paced, like intense, like. Uh, but it's awesome. I was always more like lyrical. Like I liked hip hop because they would the stories I could. It wasn't so distorted. Like sometimes, yeah, you hear like a punk band or something, and I can't really you don't even it know what you got to look on. it up and figure it out. And like, yeah, there's a lot of the bands that I like, um, like the Sword and bands like that that are almost like old school metal. Yeah. Um, so it sounds. Some of them, there's like this band Cadaver, another one called Orchid that sound like they came straight out of the 70s, yeah. like underground. <laughs> so it's like metal, but with that old school tinge to it. Yeah. Like, actually, you can understand everything that they're saying and they write about cool stuff. Sick. Yeah, I like that. So the, there's some of those that I'm like, nowadays I'm more into that side of it Yeah. than like just like the hardcore part of it. I definitely still now and then go back to that. Yeah. But it definitely relates. Yeah. I, I kind of want to change directions for a moment. Um, how do you feel about the current state of skateboarding and the direction it's going? And, like, just in general, like, there's a lot going on with skating. Everyone in general in, our, in the United States and America, there's a lot going on in transitions and, like, a lot of ebb and flow and people trying to figure out how to – build an economy i guess right with what they've given us tools yeah or this internet thing and like how do you feel about the whole scope of this is heavy but of life but also how it pertains to skateboarding and the changes it's pretty wild how diverse it is now like you said like there's a niche for everything yeah like oh you only want to do this like you can do that now there's a company that only does that yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> you can find each other right yeah um and I think that's part of it with the whole internet and social media thing is that it's connected people that before were just kind of loners yeah, and they've come together and made their little piece yeah. here and there. Um, but it's, there's a lot of good things and there's a lot of weird things right now. Um, you can say that again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's the part of it. Like, I think it's cool that transition skating became a thing like that there's park events yeah it's kind of crazy you never really i never really thought that would happen i always thought it'd be like street or vert traditional vert half pipe. right yeah like coming up that was all i ever saw was those two sides of it yeah and i love skating skate parks and watching dudes rip big cement parks but i never realized that that would be a thing like it is now there's the vans park series there's yeah. You know, there's like opportunity in that now. Right. Which is cool because I think that's brought a whole, a whole different branch of it to the public and people seem to be really into it. Yeah. Um, it also brought back a lot of old school style, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, which is cool for sure. Yeah. Like just watching people go fast and find lines through things and not necessarily doing the most technical thing. But just like how they find their way through it and link everything together. I think people are like, even the public is starting to gather a respect for that. Like, oh, he didn't like flip his board or do a backflip. Yeah. But he did this cool thing and like went over that and over this and kept going somehow. Yeah. Um, so I think that part of it's good that people are seeing a different part of it than has really been necessarily accepted before. It's not just 
what's the biggest thing you can jump down? How many stairs? Right. Like, I uh, definitely remember the stair counting days of sitting there with Transworld or whatever. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like, there's 20 stairs. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It, it, I, Which, that stuff's cool. Like, yeah. I'm down for everybody doing what it is they do, and there's some people that, like, that's their thing. Yeah. Like, I remember looking up to Josh Perkins back in the day. Ooh, Josh is the man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love skating with him and watching him skate, like, his part in that creature video. Yeah. He does the, like, 18 stair Smith grind onto plywood. So And everybody's, gnarly. what are you doing? <laughs> that was so gnarly. Josh is a madman. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know Matt Fennell? Yep. The fanny pack? Yep. He's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking man, too. So awesome. That was, like, when I used to be hanging around the seacoast. I, that was who I like looked up to because they were a few years older than me. Yeah, like, not that far, but they were already Josh. Maybe Matt's probably your age. You think, or maybe they're cool. definitely a little bit older than I am. Yeah, but they were already doing like a bigger thing than what everybody else around was. Yeah, they as were far already. as they were already taking trips and like getting photos and things. Yeah, at the time when the rest of us were figuring out what we were doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys rip. <laughs> yeah. But to go back a little, um, yeah, the stair counting thing got weird. I think that comes with, like, it gets weird when it turns into competition, you know? Like, right. Because then you have to outdo the next person, and then it just, like, brands started promoting, like, that stuff. And then kids are like, oh, I go to fucking right. 12 to, stairs. to jump off the biggest yeah. thing. That's what happens when you fucking box an art in. Right. You give it parameters, and then like you're trying to control it to 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 make money off of it. I imagine right. I don't know why else people want to control. Yeah, it. I mean I would think so. Because skating is so diverse, and there's so many sides to it. Why would you ever want to just like control it like that? You know, right? And that's a good point too. Now with it being so diverse, but I feel like there's also over the last few years they're getting boxes built. But now there's multiple different boxes. It's the good and bad when you right. when, when I've I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast and for a long time that like skateboarding is for everyone. Right. And when that's when that's true because it's just a piece of wooden wheel. It's like the individual that picks it up can internalize and use it however they want, whatever they want. Yes, like their their expression of whatever it is. Exactly. You couldn't tell someone how to do it, you know? Like it's art, you know? But when you have that there's always going to be a huge population, maybe not always a huge, but always a population of people that want to add up points and right. do it for a certain reason. Or they're good at that game, you know? Like, there's going to be brands that come in and want to build these platforms that make it into a game and a stadium and a sport, you know? So it, with with that, you know, when it's for everyone, it, you're going to have a little bit of everything. My big, right. dis my big discrepancy is, like, I don't like when those people that don't really live it and love it and have done it try to run it <laughs> yeah they own it that's right. scary because that kind of we're going into the olympics here and then they're the, they're the dominant uh perception of what skateboarding is and they're going to sway a bunch of kids to get into it for a certain reason but that's why this is so much more valuable and important nowadays in small brands and skate right. shops and people that have put their whole life force into it it's very important that you share that with as many people because there's so many people that might get into skateboarding because of Tony Hawk doing the 900, but then they they might be like, yeah, that's so sick. 
And then they might get to the point where like, oh, I don't really want to play that game, but I like what they're doing over there. It's right. skate sheet or whatever. And it's not like that, but maybe that turned them on, but then they found their bubble or they found something they're into. Yeah. So it's so important that people like us and others out there share their version of skating. Right. Know? That there's a, a basis to it still, yeah. that there's not just that spectacle. Don't let them buy the whole thing up. Like, right. That's what happened with rollerblading and I'm sure scooting <laughs> as well. Like, yeah. You just, everyone wants to get sponsored. No one knows how to make the fucking things. And the brands are owned by people that are just trying to sell you gimmicks. Right. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll take that. They're ripping Let's off go. kids. The scooter kids. That's where I argue. Cause I'm like, I'm like, dude, the parents come in and it's like $300 for the scooter thing. It breaks. Nobody knows how to fix it. Yes, yes, they this, just buy another one. Yeah, and then you look at just the way they their businesses, they're fucking they have a million different things, accessories, shit that they don't need, which I get in business, you want to sell extra stuff. But then I I think about the marketing cuz all these kids are coming in going, I need this, I need this, I need this, and they don't need any of it. Right. They're just trying to buy it cuz they, you know, and I'm like, who's in charge of right, this? Because so and so has it because, yeah, because this is cool because that color is whatever. I'm pretty sure that's because Oh, let me make sure. I'm pretty sure that's because there's probably one or two big scooter brands and they sponsor one or two kids. And then those kids tell all those other kids like, yeah, you need all this shit. Right. Because they want to keep being sponsored or whatever. And it's like, I just tell the parents, I'm like, yeah, you're being robbed. Like you could just get a board for like a, a complete skateboard for like $125. That thing will last you for a long time. You might have to replace the board eventually when they get good enough to like break right. it or whatever, or they wear through it. But that's still like nothing compared to what you're getting robbed from these scooter companies. And they're way more fucking dangerous. I can't tell yeah. you at the edge. It's terrifying. Yeah. I can't <laughs> tell you how many injuries there are, not from biking, not from skating, but from little kids on scooters that no one like, they're just a bunch of random kids out there right. saying lit. Knocking and, their face off yes. handlebars or trying backflips. Like, launching out and just flinging things <laughs> into people. Or... Yeah. Am I uh, – sorry to derail this no, whole thing and just scooter talk. <laughs> this happens to me though. I know. Because I've been quiet about it because like I'm always like let people do what they want, you know. But then after a while, I'm just like – I'm like, no. How, I'm not doing a justice to skateboarding. Skateboarding is hard and that's mm -hmm. what makes it awesome. And, like, there's something very free about skateboarding, too. Like, that was my argument the other day. I was in the skate shop, and uh, this kid scootering tried to tell me that um, riding – something about riding fakie on a scooter. I'm like, you can't – it's not is it's not – you can't ride fakie on a scooter like you can a skateboard. Right. You know, like, this, it's just not comfortable. You're limited. He was trying to tell me that you could do as much stuff on a scooter as a skateboard. I'm like <laughs> – even if so, you still have to do it in this little like twelve year old girl position where you're riding right. a scooter. Do your knees together. Yeah. I'm like, I, now I just skate by him and I just whack my <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't have to hold on to shit. This is way more freeing right. and feels more natural that yeah, I can no just, hands. <laughs> yeah, I ride by the skate park outside, fakie down the hill, and I'm like popping fakie ollies and shit. And I'm like, yeah, right. I can do this the whole block. Like, it's not the same. It's yep. not the same. And and I was quiet because I'm like, they're just kids. But now they're getting to the point where they're getting older and they're just like. They're just thinking they can talk their way into something. And I'm like, there are some truths out there. Right. Skateboarding is hard. Scootering's yeah. a little easier. Like, I'm sorry. I think that's part of why it took off so much is because it's a lot easier to hold on to a thing and go jump over stuff. You don't have to learn an ollie. Right. It just fucking takes a lifetime. It, it takes forever <laughs> to do a good ollie. Even when you get it. Like, it depends on the day, right? Right. There's some <laughs> days you, you go back to a spot that you've been at before and try to pop over it and hang up. Yeah. Like, I did this two days ago. 
<laughs> I, I love it though. Lately, I've been seeing little skateboard dudes show up at the edge and like the skate parks around here, and they're literally—I can tell—they're just hyped on skating. Not yeah. sponsorship, none of that just stuff. Just being there and skating. Yeah, and they like they're the fact it. that it's hard. Yeah, it, which I'm like, yeah, that's how people should be. You I've should like a too. fucking challenge. I've seen some kids. Like same thing with watching kids come up and grow up through this I mean, being in it. For I've ride. seen kids go from scootering, and they would like scooter and skateboard when they were like twelve, hybrid, and then just like oh skateboarding, yeah. and that just disappears. Yeah, yeah, and now they're super good. Um, like this kid Ronnie that lives in Portsmouth, Ronnie Krieger. No, his uh, name's Ronnie Krieger. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, How do you fill those shoes? Right? <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> but yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know there was another Ronnie Kruger out there. It makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, this kid Ronnie, he used to show up there all the time, skateboard and scooter, and he'd ride his, his scooter on. He'd be like, dude, come skateboard. Yeah. Come, like, come skateboard. Try this. And he'd like, be trying some transfer or whatever and couldn't do it and go get his scooter and do it. Yeah. He'd be like, just, just try it like five more times. You got this. <laughs> and now he's like filming like homie videos and his buddies Shit. out there and That's like, right. skating really good. And when Shit Park was still happening. Ship um, nice. was there like building stuff, learning how to build stuff and pour cement and, you know, lugging buckets of water for Newton and those dudes to be able to pour stuff. Yeah. Um, just went from that to just full on involved in like the DIY side of it. And that's just super cool to see. And that's exactly why I'm not, I try not to be a dick to any scooter kids. Yeah. Cause it's precisely that they're scooter kids. They're kids. <laughs> they don't know what they want to do or right. whatever. They just want to be a part of something. And it, Partly to blame is some of us for skating, for not like talking to them or letting them be involved, you know, like maybe they would jump on a skateboarder if skateboarders were cool to them, you know, right. maybe not, made but maybe some sort of like connection, like yeah. you're out here, I'm out here. Nice to see you. I'd make it a point to say hi to them. Right. I'm not going to go scoot with them. <laughs> I'll say hi, and if they yeah. come up to me, I'm going to treat them like a human being, you know? Yeah. I've seen the opposite, you know? Yeah. And I get it. People are frustrated, and they're fucking People everywhere. get pissed off, and yeah. there's people that don't know what's going on. But they're kids at the end right. of the day, right? Like, <laughs> so I tried. But but it, the line where I draw the line is when they start telling me that, that scooting is, like, better or whatever. Because then I have to go, okay... All right, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I have to try to find the words to, like, say it to a little kid who's just saying it because his idol said it or something. Right. The prime example is the other day the kid was, like, he just was trying to win a game in the argument. And I was, like, he he ended it with, like, oh, why are you so salty? And I was, like, I'm not salty. He's, like, well, now you are. I'm, like, what? No. Like, do whatever you want. Like, go ride your scooter, have fun, whatever. Yeah, we're having a discussion. Yeah, like, that's fine. If you want to win the battle just by saying salty or that I'm a hater, <laughs> go right ahead. But before you leave, know that I don't give a shit what you do. Go do whatever the fuck you want. Right. But the truth is, skateboarding, in my mind, is harder. And here's the reasons why. If you can't defend your scooter stuff, don't just throw out that whole you're mad, a hater, salty thing. It's like, no, what? You can, you know what I mean? Like, that's such a cop-out. Right. And he's 12, and I got to be a 34-year-old dude that has to take this kid serious. And you have to. You have to really talk to him, because I realize a lot of people don't. Those right. kids grow up into adults with that same mentality, thinking they can win an argument by calling you names. 
discrediting right. what you're saying. Cutting out. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm not winning this. I'll just say something to bother them. Well, they know how to get you pissed off. Right. So then it becomes an argument instead of a conversation because they can't win the conversation. So right. just because they're little kids, they're smart. You know what right. I mean? They're very smart. They know tactics. They do it on totally. their parents. You know what I mean? I give credit. I give kids all the credit in the world. I treat them like adults. I might censor my words a little bit just out of like class. You know? Yeah. And I'm not going to call them like pussies or anything like gnarly, <laughs> you know? Like, but I'm going to talk to them, you know, but that's a lot of work and I can get why people wouldn't want to do it, you know? Right. Like, growing up doing the ride camps and all that stuff, I'm sure you went through the gauntlet oh, yeah. having to talk to kids and then figure out the right words and... But it's good. It's good yeah. you do it. It's good. Every, it needs to be done. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Is there anything we missed or anything you would like to talk about or mention? Um, trying to think. I mean, with the magazine, like I said, I'm always down for people to send stuff. I always put the email in there. What is it? It's right here. Skate sheet yep, skate at gmail. gmail.com. Nice. I left out with the name that nobody had taken it for anything else. Nice. So it's easy to find. In the same Instagram skate sheet? Yep. Nice. So I'm always down for photos and whatever, and I do my best to to try to get back to people. Yeah. Um, along with working a regular job and trying to do that. And yeah. All that stuff and life getting weird and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were talking about that earlier. Yeah. What, what was that all about? Um, so I started the zine last year, like last December. It was after after New England Dam. I ran that article in the first one that we did. Thank you. Yeah, I was hyped on that. I was too. Um, but yeah, I started it then, and I was doing it like monthly, um, and then. Life got really weird because, like I said, I was I was married. Yeah. Um, and that, like, the editorial in this one, the first page, was super hard for me to write because it was basically explaining why there hasn't been a magazine for months. Yeah. Um, and it was just because that situation that I was in was really, really bad, but I'm super bad at asking people for help when I need it. Yeah. And, like, standing up and getting out of something that's bad. Um, I can relate. So I... Stayed in not a good situation for a lot of years, and a lot of it is just because you feel like you can make something work. Like especially like the yeah. the same shit it takes to learn a trick, you know. Like you don't give up. You on just it. keep trying and you keep trying and you keep trying. Um, but yeah, it got to a point that it was just like you have to call it at some point. Yeah, and um, because it becomes like madness. It's the same thing again. Right, and like again you're and you're again. going crazy. Like yeah. you're driving yourself crazy. Like it got to the point of like getting accused of all kinds of things that I wasn't doing Yeah. to the point that I had like cut off most of my friends and didn't go out to like even skate or do anything for a long time. Not really. Just because I would get like accused of doing all these things that I wasn't doing. And I'm like, all I'm doing is normal everyday things. Yeah. Um, Elwood! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Cause, um, let me make sure. All right, he's gonna stop. It's crazy because like, um, that's not how it should be. We right. should each be able to flourish and develop individually, but together. Like, if you're gonna be with someone, right, they shouldn't want you to stop doing what you're doing and try to box you up. You know, right. And it was really weird because hold, hold on, hold your thoughts. Yeah. I think because my lady's here. Do 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 do. Let me let me just school Elwood real quick. Elwood. That's enough, buddy. Come lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. 
we're just gonna have to wait this one through. Elwood r- rules my life. He was uh, I named him after my father, just as like a to remember Elwood. Yeah, my dad, and uh, he gets Elwood gets what Elwood wants. <laughs> he gets his toys. He destroys them in five minutes. Twenty dollar toys gone. Yeah. He has a twenty dollar toy habit. And now we got Emma. We got our, our other dog, um, Amber, before Emma. We got her because Ellen needed a friend. Oh. So Ellen gets what Ellen wants. Right. And, um, That's awesome. Yeah. Then Amber passed, and now we have Emma. <laughs> um, okay. So to go back to it. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to recognize that when you're in it. It's hard to recognize that someone is like, maybe it's their own insecurity and their own worries. Yeah. But now it's passing it on to you. And it was it was a weird situation too just because she'd be like outwardly supportive yeah of like yeah you should you should do this stuff like you'd skate and all that stuff but then i'd take the action to go do it and somehow be in trouble yeah (laughs) and it was just weird it just fucked with my head super bad for a long time yeah Um, i've had that situation and it's something like writing it in here was really hard um just because i never really talk to anybody about it but now like stepping out of it it's kind of one of those like i feel like i should say something because people are in situations and don't do anything about it all the time and don't realize it and it took a lot for me to realize it i lucked out that like where i work now there's good people around me that i would show up and be like visibly like shaken or stressed out and be like what's going on like are you okay like not really (laughs) yeah and they were like well that's that's not cool. Like you're <laughs> fine. You should be able to function. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was why the magazine disappeared for a little while. I was just dealing with all of that and trying to figure that out. And I got really lucky to have people around me to like support me through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it was weird. It was that whole like messing with my head and even like, like physically like getting beat up and stuff oh man rough like like, turning into fights like that yeah like i would never do anything back like i've never yeah i don't hit people i don't yell i don't do anything like that but having that done to you and letting it happen to you again you're you're partaking you're becoming a person i'm sure you didn't want to be right yeah for sure and that was i've been there (laughs) that's one of those things like when people talk about stuff like that happening they never talk about it happening to a guy yeah because guys don't talk about that yeah yeah and they're like no fuck that like yeah you want to be tough about right it. yeah um but yeah it just got really bad with all that and i was lucky enough to have people around and be like dude you used to do all this stuff that you love to do why don't you do it like i i don't know you're right like, yeah <laughs> why am i not doing all of these things i there's not really any good reason other than, like, I'm freaked out every day now. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like, people, when you need someone, that's not always a good thing. Like, right. sometimes they, people need you. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you don't need me. You need to take care of your own life and be happy in your own skin. And I'll do the same. We'll be together. And right. And we can go. It's weird when they try to, like, it's usually out of fear, I'm sure, and just, like, not developing. And somebody tries to fit you to what? Yeah, they want. What they yeah want you to be. Yeah, that's not a good relationship tactic at all. No, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, 
Because you're never going to be able to control another person. The more you try to control them, the more they're going to want to do the opposite. Like, yeah. we're free radicals, right? Like, right. You want to find another free radical that wants <laughs> to go in the same direction or is going the same direction. Imagine. Right. And that's, like, that's part of why the magazine came back. And I'm still, like, I'm still in the middle of dealing with a lot of that. Yeah. But part of the reason that the magazine came back was because I did find somebody like that. That nice. was just, like, there and totally unexpected, not looking... I wasn't looking for anything. I was just trying to deal with myself. Yeah. Um, and just happened to be there and we started hanging out and just never wanted to stop hanging out. Nice. Like, into the same stuff. And like you said, just two people doing their thing, but doing it together. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. Yeah. Down to hang out. Like you want to go do that? Go do it. And I'll see you later. Yeah. And then we'll go back to doing what we do. Yeah, um, you can keep trust. Like it's hard when once trust is broken, it's really hard. You know, like if someone just doesn't trust you, or totally. you don't trust them, and how they, or you question their motives and what they say and stuff, that's like really hard to repair. <laughs> you for know? sure, it's almost gets so toxic. You're like, this isn't how it should be. Right. For sure. I've been in relationships with people like that, even in my family. You know. Yeah. It's just scary. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but that's part of why this actually why the magazine came back to life and I've said it a bunch of times. I'm like, thanks for getting me to do this again. And she's yeah. always like, I didn't really do anything. It's like, no, there was a day that you said, what happened to that magazine that you used to do? Like, that was really cool. Yeah. Why don't you do that? And I was like, that's, that was enough of a push to be like, yeah, why am I not doing that? That was rad. I really liked that. So you need, that was hear. fun. Yeah. So like, I, I give a lot of credit back to her for that. Yeah, that's rad. And she was right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> not now we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't it, you should enjoy if you enjoy something, why not? You know? Right. As long as it's healthy and ha and safe, you know, and making a magazine is definitely fine there. Right. <laughs> Check. <laughs> well, I, I I fully appreciate that you do this, man, because like I was saying before, we need more more soldiers, more people like giving to skateboarding and trying to grow it and trying to find a way to build with others in it. Yeah. It's very crucial nowadays because if we don't do that, there's going to be the opposite side of that. Like right. we were talking about. Like, it's like, I'm happy that the whole DIY thing has come around with people like we're going to build stuff Yeah, and just pulling in more and more people. Like, Oh yeah. We want something to skate. Like let's work for it. Yeah. We don't have to ask a sponsor to do it. Like we have right. to just make this. We can all happen. just get together and <laughs> yeah. put in some work and make something cool out of it. Yeah. And just add up too you know yeah like if you, you can start getting these inches like you make the first one yep and then you get other people involved and they see it and they're like yeah these inches are cool and then the next one is like next one you just slow steady yeah, and building it just keeps something. going and going and going same approach with your skating and with with anything you do it's very valuable and it's awesome man this needs to uh this is something that needs to live and i love that you gave me some hope that there's a lot of other magazines out there, people doing cool stuff and putting it together and being a curator. Yeah, it's it's cool. I didn't realize that any of that was happening yeah. when I started doing this. And then this whole like underground thing just surfaced. And I was yeah. like, oh, there's other people doing this. And there's a, a guy in Colorado that does that company Have Fun. Yep. They make like rails and he's friends with Nolan Johnson. They do scram skates and stuff. Nolan is fucking insane on skateboard. Yeah. Where's he from? Do you know? Uh, I can't remember right off. Hmm. He's he's amazing though. I remember him coming to the New England Am, and that was like the first time I had ever heard of him. Yeah, 
and I, or not even, I just saw him and I was like, holy shit, this dude is next level. Yeah. Like with his skating, it's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, like that guy reached out to me. He's from Colorado and asked me, he's like, I'm super into zines and I want to start one. Yeah. Like, how do you put it together? How do you get it printed and stuff? And he's making a little zine out there, but he actually set up a, like an art show, but just had people send mags from everywhere. Oh, right. And then had a whole bunch, like, had it at a place where everybody could just come flip through all the different little DIY mags from all over the country. Sick. One second. I'll fix that. That's my GoPro for the people listening. I think there's a timer on how long you can record for. We must be windy today. We outran the, the timer. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the battery might have died, too. <laughs> I think we crushed it. <clears throat> Let me get this thing fixed. <laughs> we'll come right back. Hang in there. It's pretty windy. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I uh, realized there was DIY mags out there, like little zines. Like I started doing it for all I need. Yep. I needed to make like a catalog for a surf expo. And then uh, I just was like, started looking up how to make one. And then I got stumbled down a rabbit hole of just like DIY magazines and stuff. And I was like, whoa, people are, people are still crushing this game of like, not game, but this just keeping the magazine going and doing it DIY style, right. and it's and it's enough to like maintain and grow and do cool stuff in. And I, I thought that was like really really cool. Yeah, it's cool. You see somebody else doing it, it sparks you to want to keep doing it because you realize that you're not the only one. Yeah, yeah, like, that is possible too. Just that that other people have managed to maintain it and keep it going. Because right. like these things like. Uh, in life, I'm always like, we just need to find ways to monetize our time so we can enjoy and do the things we like to do. Right. That's not what the American dream was of million, everyone's a millionaire or right. whatever, you know, which that's fine. But like, imagine if you could just have one day to do something you enjoyed and, right. it, and it helps people. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Like, right. That's, yeah, totally. That, people feel ashamed of like trying. I feel like people feel like, huh. Oh, feel greedy or selfish doing something that they want to do yeah they something like, that they're into even if it is productive and giving back especially on the east coast there's like that old mentality of like you got to just get a normal job and like put childish shit behind you and you got to provide and do stuff and like yeah it's nice that people are like no i'm gonna take my time with my life figure out the things i love and then figure out how to build these structures and involve people and maybe you know maybe one day it'll I'll be able to have some time to actually work on it and right. monetize it to the point where I can like have a day because our time is our only real currency, right? Yeah, that's the only like actual thing that we've got. Time is money, they say, right? Somebody, the only way to make money is to go work in a warehouse leaking fucking antifreeze right. or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Uh, but our time is a really the only only currency we have. So, right. I've said that to people like, you have a limited, you have like time and energy. Yeah. And, you choose what you put those into and you put those into the things that are important to you. Like you only have so much of each one. You hope, you hope they do that. Right. There's so many pitfalls and in, in, in where we, especially in this country, everyone's like, this is the land of free, so much opportunity. It's like with that comes, people have the right to be wrong and fucked up and do crazy shit. Like I've realized right. in this country that if you can be selfish enough, greedy enough and like, you know, you can fucking become president. 
You know what I mean? Like, or you can yeah. sell people a bunch of poison, whether it be like cigarettes and literally put poison in a product and sell it to right. – it kills hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, there's a double edge to that because I, I don't want to like restrict what people can do. But you saw how crazy that got with like right. their tactics and marketing and like even towards kids and how addictive it is. There's like right ways and wrong ways to do things, you know, because some people are always going to want some poison in their life. Like I don't want right. – I see it with the scooter moms. They're like, skateboard is dangerous. I'm like, yeah, there's a little bit of dangerous element to it. I don't want someone to tell me I can't skateboard right. just because it's slightly dangerous or I could make it more dangerous if I want, you know. Like we should still have our freedoms. But I just realized – in this country, for a long time, it was like if you could be ruthless, build a business plan around it, you could make billions of right, dollars. It didn't matter what it was. Run the economy, sway the whole thing, yeah. put all these pitfalls out there, liquor stores everywhere. People want it. People want it. Right. It's like, yeah, but maybe we should have some restraint and like figure out, you know, like we don't right. have to ban it, but let's like be honest, you know? <laughs> right. But at least explain like moderation to people yeah. at some point. Well, they don't even teach the shit in school. Like, right. You go to school and you're like, half the shit they show you is just wasting time I feel and you have yeah. to get it outside of there and it's like again education like even religion got corrupted it was like they had the truth they locked it up and then they became wealthy over it and then that bubble burst too right. was, they tried to sell everyone homes that bubble burst yeah. not everyone can afford a home not everyone ha can have the work ethic or have the discipline and focus to do it Like, right. but here it's like if you can hustle and fool people it seemed like you could get away with it just terrifying to me. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally crazy. I don't know where I was going with any of that, but yeah. <laughs> but now we're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, anyways, I think what I'm saying is I'm happy that things are breaking down to the micro, uh, and you can you can still try to carve out a niche to do something worthy with your time and yeah. not feel obligated to just go do some bullshit that they tell you or force you to do, you know, totally. that's our big struggle. Our generation anyways, I feel like our big struggle is like trying to figure out a way to monetize a little bit of our time to do something we enjoy with people that we love. Right. That would be ideal. Totally. And if we could all do that, that'd be awesome. So that means we got to be more open, more expressive and allow others to do that too. Definitely. Cause like a lot of times, it's half of it's our fault too. <laughs> right. For not, for not, not like reaching out or not yeah. making connections. Or for just talking shit on other people's versions and shitty, like shitting on other people. And like, you right. know, that's so easy to do, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's definitely like, live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like keeping your eyes open to what's going on around you and realizing that there's other people around into the same things and how you can work together. Yeah. To like, like what we're doing right now. Exactly. Like, Network, meet people. Yeah, like we're both here sitting here talking about all this because we both do different parts of it and we both love this silly little wooden thing. Yeah, like, amen. <laughs> well, fuck, man. I think that's it and I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thank you. Um, And yeah, please check out the mag, Instagram, at SkateSheet. And uh, if you want to submit something, just SkateSheet at gmail.com. And uh, are you going to come to the New England Act? I'm going to try to. I'm going to try okay. to get down there. If I don't make it, there'll definitely be zines there. And yep, you already dropped them Photos up. in the next one. Nice. From that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, thanks, guys. Peace.